0: Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect. Do you need top executive talent in your organization but wonder if you have the budget to actually pull it off? Well, today's guest, Ben Wolf, has a very compelling alternative idea to share. You're absolutely gonna love what he has to say. And this episode is brought to you by the Breakthrough Sales Leaders Retreat. This is going to be a phenomenal event. If you're a sales leader, get ready to break through to the next level of success and fulfillment by creating an authentic sales culture and a massive action plan get the mindset skill set and tool set at the breakthrough sales leaders retreat coming october 20th 2022 myself and larry levine will be joined by dave sanderson along with our special guest holly dowling to create a powerful event learn more And register now at www.BreakthroughSalesRetreat.com. Well, our guest today is Ben Wolf. Ben helps small and mid-sized entrepreneurial business owners break through when they're hitting the ceiling. He's the host of the Win-Win podcast. He's also the author of the book, Fractional Leadership, Landing Executive Talent You Thought Was Out of Reach. In Fractional Leadership, he shows you step-by-step how to land the experienced, Been there, done that executive talent you thought might be out of reach. So, if you're ready to step up your game in marketing, sales, or any other executive positions, but can't figure out how to hire a top dollar executive full time, a fractional leader could help you build the gap. So, today, Ben is going to talk with us about how to make this happen. Ben, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Daryl. It's truly an honor.
0: This fractional leadership, is. Uh, this is a movement happening in business. I'm seeing this everywhere. Tell us, what is fractional leadership and, and why are so many businesses jumping on this as a strategy?
1: Well, I mean, basically, fractional leadership, it's a funny sounding term, but it's a relatively simple concept. You have a leader in your company, your CMO, your CRO, chief revenue officer, chief financial officer, chief operating officer, etc. It's that. It's just someone fulfilling that role within the organization inside your accountability chart or organizational chart, just fulfilling that role on a fractional basis. That's basically what it means. Somebody who's not full-time, but they are an executive within your company. They're on your leadership team. I think people are going towards it. People are running after it now because a lot of reasons. I mean, I I think that, uh, people sometimes hit the ceiling at the point where they need somebody who's actually been there, done that, that, you know, has actually done this before they've built a sales organization. They've built a marketing organization. They've built operations. They built companies before. They're not just figuring this out for the first time. Like maybe in your company, you're growing your company, but you've never grown a company the size of your current one before this. So Mm -hmm. you, uh, need somebody at some point, you realize who's actually done this before and is not figuring it out as they go along and can kind of skip a lot of the experimentation and trial and error. Um, but an experienced executive like that is super expensive. Uh, yeah. If you could afford that, great. Or if you could find that person because sometimes they're hard to find, even if you can't afford it, uh, then wonderful. But sometimes you can't. It, you know, or it's not even a full-time job. You think about a CFO or a CMO or a CRO, Maybe somebody with that level of experience doesn't is not really even a full time role in your organization, where you can't afford the two or three hundred thousand plus taxes, benefits, bonus, etc. You just can't afford that. It's not in the budget. Uh, so fractional leadership is a model that allows you to retain and have someone on your leadership team who has that experience, there are that experienced executive, uh, but not coming with the price tag of full time. So that's that's one reason why it's it's kind of coming into great popularity now. Well, it's like
0: the ultimate catch-22 of a business, especially a growing business. And of course, the audience of Revenue Growth Podcast are all growing organizations. It's the catch-22 of a younger business and even a a medium-sized business. You can't afford the talent, but you can't afford not to have the talent. You're not in a place in your business where you can roll the dice on someone and hope that maybe, possibly, hopefully, they'll They'll have what it takes to get it done. And this this fractional mindset is really, really smart because now you've got the experience. Now you've got someone showing up who knows what to do, who can bring outside right. perspective to the company, and you're able to get that person without having to pony up the full-time um, salary. And quite frankly, for most growing businesses, you don't really need someone full-time. You just need the experience. Right. I absolutely love it.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. And in the book, I call that the entrepreneurial catch twenty two. You know, you can't uh, scale without that experienced leadership. But you can't afford the experienced leadership mm-hmm. without the scaling that they would get you. So, yeah, I think catch twenty two is a very apt description.
0: Well, it's really interesting because I've watched the acceleration of this over the last few years, especially. Um, In the world, I do a lot of work and you do a lot of work as well inside the entrepreneurial world where companies are using the entrepreneurial operating system, EOS. Um, And I've just seen this acceleration of fractional people in the last couple of years in that ecosystem and beyond. But I, I read an article that you wrote recently about how the COVID pandemic was really an inflection point in companies being able to go, you know what, maybe we don't need a full-time person? Unpack that for us a little bit because I thought that was very interesting.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. It's, you know, a lot of it has to do, it's not only to do with remote work because fractional is really a separate concept from remote, mm-hmm. but uh, very often goes together, but not always. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it is very related because I think that, you know, a couple, you know, a couple years ago when everybody who couldn't imagine themselves working with somebody not in person all the time. Like that's just all they knew, all they could imagine. And it's too much risk to try anything else. Well then Mm -hmm. all of those people were forced for at least months, if not longer to work with their entire, not just lower level team or customer support or something, but like their entire company, including their entire leadership team to work remotely. They were just forced to experience it for at least a few months. And with with that experience, some people still hated it. And a lot of people felt like, gosh, well, that wasn't as bad as I thought. And, you know, to have remote teams or whatever, like that actually could work, you know, that actually Mm -hmm. does work or, you know, maybe it's not quite as ideal, but it's definitely workable. And then they start to think, you know, why should I be limited? Let's say just in the North America where you have a 3000 mile wide country, why should I be Mm -hmm. limited to finding a right fit person Or a person with the right experience who just happens to live in a 3,000-mile-wide country within 10 miles of my corporate office or my home is statistically not that likely to find the perfect person Mm -hmm. uh, who, you know, in in such a big country. And you realize, wait a second, I can get a better fit person, easier time finding the right person, and I don't have to be limited, you know, by, by not limiting myself to in person. It just opens up a whole world of talent to you, that you're just closing off to yourself if you're not open to that. And that's kind of remote, which is a little different from fractional. But very often, you just, again, you just can't find the right person full-time or you don't need a, full per, a full-time full person uh, in the role. So if you can, you know, that open-mindedness uh, to, to working with people remotely and working with people in alternative arrangements, I think people just became more open-minded to, or a lot of people became more open-minded to after COVID. And that's on the demand side but i also i would also point out on the supply side that when people were at companies and they found themselves working remotely and some of them Uh got sick of living in cities and moved to different places Uh or traveled or you know went to airbnb all over the place and worked remotely for whoever for a few months they're like they got to like the flexibility Uh and people like you know what i'm i'm just i'm i don't want to do this anymore (laughs) like with their whatever their full-time thing was and people in sales leadership, marketing leadership, ops leadership, finance leadership, CTOs, CIOs, chief legal officers, chief HR officers—all kinds of people just kind of felt like, "Wow, I'm—I lo- would love to do so- You know, I would love to do something different. I'd love to make my own schedule. I'd love to work mm-hmm. wherever I want." And so, I think more, the supply side also increased in proportion with the demand side because I think more people experience different kinds of flexibility that made them say that they want to go into, you know, they want to experience more of that. And they went on their own and did the whole gig economy thing and started doing that on their own. So I think there was also an increase in supply, not just demand.
0: For sure. And I read at one point that 75% of job seekers wanted flexible and remote work arrangements and only like 5% of open jobs were there. So you see a lot of people moving. And if you are someone that needs that talent, this is, you know, we're discovering this. There is a ton. There's a ton of great talent out there that is available. And, and uh, you know, it's been interesting, Ben. I've been running virtual organizations where we've, you know, currently our team at, at uh, our operating company, Convergo, has people in five time zones from the Atlantic time zone, which I didn't really even know existed. It's on the other side of the Eastern time zone.
1: I went to Barbados. I experienced Okay. So there you go.
0: Yeah. And, and all over North America from Eastern Canada, all the way out to the West coast and in LA, we've got people and, Um, you know, and it's amazing the ability to we have been running virtual organizations. Now I've been doing it since 2004. Mm -hmm. And, uh, today it's, it's, it's incredibly doable. And we all got to see that, um, during the pandemic, which is really, really powerful. So you've got a great book, uh, on this. And by the way, you want to get a copy of Ben's book, fractional leadership. It's in the show notes. Um, so you definitely want to grab that, but I'm curious, like, You've, you've anyone that's been down a journey like you have, you've seen the good stuff, you've also seen the bad stuff, right? There's pitfalls, I'm sure along the way. What are some of the most common pitfalls that people get into when it comes to fractional leadership?
1: Well, you know, like you said, there's a lot you know there's a lot of things I could bring out on that on that point. Uh, one is, I would say that people who rush into a fractional executive engagement with somebody, without ever getting clear with themselves or with the other person about exactly what they're looking for. What does success look like? What are they expecting? And so sometimes people come in with unspoken expectations that they didn't explicitly make clear to the person that they retain. Um, and, uh, and then the person they're retaining fills, the, fills those gaps with their expectations and the company or the business owner fills in the gaps with their expectations. And when those expectations are misaligned, uh, then there's frustration, there's disappointment, Mm. uh, and sometimes there's failure. Um, So that's one thing I would say is get clear with yourself. Like what does success look like? What are the six or five or three markers of like, how will I know six months from now that this – or 12 months from now, how will I have known that this, this engagement was a success? So like write that down. Get explicit and get clear about what you're looking for from the engagement. And then clearly communicate that. And then not only that, get it or make sure the other person or that you put it in writing so that it doesn't just get forgotten in the ether of, of, of verbal conversations, uh, but get explicit, get it in writing about what your expectations are. What are the deliverables? I would say that's one major, it's one major thing. I mean, there's a lot of other things <laughs> I could say. Well, I got
0: I to gotta put a highlighter on this one because you, yeah. you know, I was just th- thinking, wow, you know, if we do this for all of our team members- full-time on site, part-time, uh, you yeah, know, that would be a good true idea there too.
1: But, it's true there also,
0: but, but it's really, it's kind of, you know, when someone's at the office, you know, whether or not they're getting their role completed and doing their job and hitting the results, it's kind of a little bit of a, well, they're, they're here, right. Um, when you, when you move to fractional, it puts the focus on what we should all always have been doing is, you know, what are, what is that person accountable for? Is it clearly communicated? Are we measuring it? And, you know, we have yeah. a, have reasonable a real expectations set. I think that is, that's so, so powerful. Any other, any other um, just moments where you go, Oh, you got to think about this before you get started at, with a fractional person.
1: Yeah. I would I would say the, another major point I would bring out is that you've got to keep the circles connected. You've got to stay with no daylight between you and whoever you're retaining. Mm -hmm. because even if you set up, you know, some expectations at the beginning, if they're off to the races running, let's say managing your sales team, let's say they're a fractional Mm -hmm. VP of sales and they're meeting with your sales team, setting up processes, setting up CRM, Mm -hmm. setting up measurables, managing the team, you know, they could be off and running in a direction that's misaligned with what you think they should be going, you know, worried about, or they could, rank something as a priority that you think is not a priority. like there could be all kinds of ways that you get misaligned with each other so Mm -hmm. it's important to stay in touch not just like you know kind of good luck we'll see you right there once a month uh, email report but like Mm -hmm. no like stay connected talk i mean every week if you can but just be clear hey what do you you know just feel like you know and this is advice for the fractional executive too i mean Mm -hmm. if the business owner is wondering what you're doing or doesn't know what you're working on or what you're doing with their people, um, then there's going to be problems. You know, that you as a business owner, I can imagine, right, you feel insecure when you're Uh paying someone all this money and you're not sure what they're working on, what they're doing, makes you feel more secure to know what they're working on. doesn't mean you have to micromanage them, but, you know, to understand, you know, what are the goals, what are the measurables, what did you work on last week, what you know, what are the issues now, what are you working on next week? like just to be in touch with that and to prevent daylight between you. And that's going to enable you to catch it when you do start to get misaligned. Like, you know, you could say something, you know, Oh gosh, I thought you'd be working on this, not that. So it allows you to have that conversation work it out. Uh, So I would say that not allowing daylight between you and the, and the person. I know, look, they're busy and you're busy. I get it. It's hard. It's hard to make time for a continuing cadence of communication, but it's critical because it's, just like not having expectations clear, not not allow not staying in alignment and not staying in touch with each other is going to create frustration, disappointment, and potentially failure uh, if you don't make the time to stay aligned.
0: Hmm. Such great advice! Such great advice. I'm thinking now about revenue positions, VP of Sales, CMO, th- those type of positions how does that look in a fractional world what are you seeing that's working out working well out there and and what should companies be thinking when it comes to um, considering possibly uh, let's start with sales let's start with a, a fractional sales leader how have you seen that succeed and and what's that looking like
1: well in, in most situations where somebody's being brought in as a fractional VP of sales fractional head of sales mm-hmm. in most of the situations you have um, you have an underperforming head of sales for one reason or another. Either you as the business owner very often are sitting in the head of sales seat Mm -hmm. and maybe it's just taking a ton of your time and energy. Um, But because you're also the owner of the company and the founder, you're also working on operations and you're also working on this and, you know, go into, I don't know, build your relationships or make big deals or R and D and research something that you're just super fascinated about. I mean, every, every, Founder has their own unique personality, but you're doing all these other things, and so your sales team is not getting the is not getting you as a resource as their head of sales. They're you know they're off on their own, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're lacking direction, lacking measurables, lacking process, lacking systems, lacking the support uh, that they need and the training they need to succeed, which is all they want to do. If they're good people, all they want to do is succeed. They're not just looking to punch a clock. They want to be successful so um so you know that's often you know another another failing head of sales situation that you might be in if you're thinking of looking at a fractional head of sales is where you picked your best sales guy and you made him your head of sales and now you or your best sales gal and now they're they're either so busy trying to manage sales that now you lost your best salesperson uh and Maybe they're not that great at, look, if they are great at it, then wonderful. But if they're not that great at being a manager, they're not that great at developing people and training and putting into place systems and processes, then you're, then you're also, you're, you're, you have a, now you have a bad manager and you lost and you're distracting your best salesperson. So it's a lose, lose situation. Uh, and so that's you know a couple of major scenarios that, that people are coming from when they look at bringing in a fractional VP of sales. So by doing that, you enable someone who's built sales teams before, they've built sales processes, CRMs, training, resources. They know how to do the sales thing, regardless of what specific product they're selling. Mm-hmm. So uh, they know how to be a sales manager, not just a salesperson. So uh, and in your organization, at least, that's their only focus. They're not like right. you doing five other things. So you bring in a fractional VP of sales. They're able to, you know, obviously learn at a high level your product, uh, your service, whatever it is that they're selling. You're Able to learn the team, where things are holding, and they're able to step by step, slowly, not rushing, can't do everything at once, but step by step, put into place a sales process, put it, you know, sales training, uh, CRM. Measurables, expectations, how many calls, how many proposals, how many reach outs, how many emails, and they're able to, you know, how many actual sales, right? And what volume of sales, what dollar amount. And they're able to put these measurables into place, set expectations, support people, go on ride alongs, so to speak, even if it's virtual, but doing, you know, ride alongs, maybe meet with you in person or travel out there from time to time. And they're able to set up those processes, training systems, meetings with the team on a periodic basis, meeting with you again to stay aligned. Um, and put into place all that stuff that you just haven't done before right you've never put into place a, you know processes and systems and training and materials mm-hmm. and onboarding uh, you know and accountability and you know you just haven't done it before you're figuring it out on the seat of your pants uh, but this person has done it before so uh, that's i mean at a high level at least i mean i don't know how helpful that is but um, very. Kind of what it looks like.
0: Well, very helpful. And and as you're you're sharing that, I'm just thinking of so many different scenarios where I've seen a founder bring on a sales team and then bring in a sales leader, and it's just failure to launch, right? Failure to launch. Yeah. Well, it was that sales. you get another sales leader and then another sales leader, and um, I mean, you lose before, all your
1: good people, and you lose all your good yeah, people. Yeah. I mean, you don't like, like feeling like a failure, and then you promote right. them back to salesperson, and now it's kind of poisoned the environment with them from then on because you promoted them into a position that, you know, they they probably didn't get one and have the capacity to do well from from the beginning, but.
0: Right. And to bring someone in at that inflection point in your company, we're trying to take that sales leadership or sales hat off as a founder. That's able to come in and put the structure in place and put the, uh, the processes in place that, you know, that right there is invaluable. And at that point, the, once that structure is in place, then it's it's probably a whole lot easier to recruit that full time sales leader when yeah. when your budget justifies it because they're going to exactly. walk in and go, oh okay, this isn't you know this isn't starting from ground zero. And right. I assume the same is true when you think about marketing as well. When you think about an organization, so many organizations um, you know reach an inflection point where they need to mature in their marketing from. Um, you know, a marketing coordinator or someone that's, you know, yeah. doing social media posts to, um, to having a marketing strategy. Uh, how are you seeing a CMO work well fractionally?
1: Yeah, no, it, you said it perfectly in terms of, in terms of needing someone who could be a strategic marketing leader, not just, uh, you know, an executor, like, which is right. mostly what you have until, until that point, mm-hmm. uh, or multiple executors, um, you know, some people call it, you know, random acts of marketing, right? It's like, oh, we should do this. Oh, we should do that. Oh, we should. <laughs> Tip have of the hat to this. our
0: friend Jennifer Zick for random yes. ha- acts of marketing, right? She, we're she loves we're that giving term. you a shout out, Jennifer.
1: Yeah. Jennifer Zick is great. She's got obviously a great team and authentic brand of, uh, mm-hmm. of, of maybe close to 20 CMOs fractionally. Mm-hmm. But um, so, you know, what does that look like? The, uh, um, you know, th- this is true for sales, too, but it's more it's more so true for marketing where there's where in terms of the execution side, there is more diversity of situations when it comes to the market the head of marketing seat that I've seen. Uh, head of sales, very often most salespeople are full-time in the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in marketing, I see more diversity, right? We have some where the Cmo may come in and yes, they're they're helping set strategy. They're collaborating with, because they're a member of the leadership team, their CMO, right? Mm -hmm. They're not just an agency. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they're sitting there with the leadership team, collaborating with the head of sales, making sure those two can work hand in glove, collaborating with the head of finance, with the head of ops, make sure that what we're promising is aligned with what we're delivering and what we're delivering Mm -hmm. is being communicated and not just not communicated. So they're able to be that sale uh, that marketing, excuse me, leader and strategist Um, And then when it comes to driving execution, I I see a lot more variety in terms of how that happens. So sometimes you may have internally two or three or four or however many marketing people. You may have a social media person. You may have a content writer. Uh You may have a videographer. You may have an editor, a social media person, different roles internally. You may have an agency. You may have an external resource that's going to now be supervised by your CMO even a fractional CMO. So they're supervising, maybe it's an agency that's uh-huh. providing all those seats. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe there's uh, freelancers or maybe you're hiring remote employees that are maybe hired by your fractional CMO. Uh, some fractional CMOs actually come with a tactical support team that they can offer you and that they can handle execution too, so uh-huh. that they'll you know help manage strategy and then their team will do the execution. Um, And then I guess whenever you're ready to move on away from fractional, you can, you know, they can help you put into place uh, some sort of resource, whatever that is, whether it's an outsourced Mm -hmm. resource or an internal resource or set of resources or team members to do the execution piece and they could do the strategy piece.
0: I think the point you brought up about the difference between having um, somebody that can sit at the table. With marketing being so important to companies nowadays, especially um, in a world of evolving buying habits that we're all aware of here on the podcast, having someone in marketing that has a seat at the table at the executive table is so critical. Versus going, we're gonna depend on you know somebody that doesn't, yeah, an agency like y'all take care of this. Well, are you kidding me? Right, really? This is so core to our business, but this solves that catch 22. I don't have the budget, uh, to be able to, to hire that person. I may not even know exactly who to hire, even if I did have the budget. Um, well let's get someone fractional in here and let's get an infrastructure in place and let's get a strategy going. And then, yeah, maybe down the road as as you grow, you now know what type of CMO you actually need full time exactly. and it makes so much, so much sense. Hey, so we're wrapping up, I'm curious for our listeners that, um, that are thinking, Wow, maybe I should be a fractional leader. <laughs> like maybe I should step in. Um, you know, maybe I've got the uh, the little green circle on my LinkedIn right now, saying looking for work. And I'm going, maybe maybe this would be an interesting next step. What would you say to somebody considering um, being a fractional insert? You know, fractional VP of sales, fractional marketing right. leader. Insert title. What would you say to that person?
1: It's a, it's a big question for for two or three minutes left, but. Um... I'll answer it with in two with two answers. One is I, what I call the three mores of fractional leadership, meaning the three main benefits mm-hmm. of as a practitioner of being a fractional leader as opposed to full time mm-hmm. executive. Uh, and the second thing is like the number one thing that you need to watch out for that may be a reason why it's not for you. So the first thing of the three mores is why people go into this. What I've seen typically is uh, more fun, more flexibility, and more money. Mm -hmm. So more fun in the sense that because you may be working with multiple clients, because you switch clients every six to 24 months, uh, because you're not full time and you're not pulled into the little admin and the tiny little things that are kind of annoying, but always got to get done. Yeah, it's just more fun. There's more variety. You work with more of the challenging part of the work. Excuse me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: More of the challenging. Excuse me.
0: Yeah, no worries. I see it though because you're not getting pulled into all the annoying little uh exactly. tasks. Oh, go do this. Um right. you get to be more focused and 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 I could, for someone like me, I mean that's like that's yeah. a dream, right?
1: That's great. Yeah, so that that's why it's more fun because it's more variety, more challenging, less of mm-hmm. the annoying stuff. Uh it's more flexibility because really mm-hmm. because of the third thing more money because you can make more money in less time because you're mm-hmm. taking on the risk of finding clients not a full-time job so yeah you can make more money in less time uh so what that gives you the ability to do is to work less hours of client service and have more flexibility with your other time to obviously you have to spend time on business development on mm-hmm. internal admin and other things but you have that that's more flex time so mm-hmm. you're able to spend more time with the family drive your kids to uh you know to the tournament out of town you know go on yeah. trips take long weekends get involved in a, a cause that's meaningful to you or in a hobby or fitness or whatever it is that you love doing or the people that you love and spend more, more time with those things because of the increased flexibility so more flexibility gives you more time for things that you love doing and the people that you love yeah and more money is well, it's self-explanatory because you're taking on the risk of not having necessarily a full client load potentially so that gives you the ability to, you know, and, and clients should understand this, that on an, they're not, they can't compare it on an hour for hour basis to full-time employees. They'll be paying a lot more for mm-hmm. fractional because they get the benefit of being able to scale it up and scale it down yeah. and of, you know, an ending and beginning when needed. So that benefit is hugely valuable. So, and you're, so you're, you know, uh, you know, whatever, if you would compare it on an hour to hour basis, it's, you're making a lot more money. So Because you can make more money in less time, uh, then you could make actually more money, maybe up to 150 to 200 percent more of what you made at your last full-time job uh, in the fractional space. I mean once you get a full client load. Um, so that's those three things. And then but on the converse, that's why people go for it. But on the converse side, I would just say what to be aware of is that you need to be someone who is willing to who is willing to embrace the fact that business development, is going to be a part-time job for the rest of your life if you go mm-hmm. independent. It's not something you could just do for a little bit till you get a full client load. It's a forever dog. All right, it's something that you'll have to be involved with forever. You need to be either excited about or at least willing to embrace that mm-hmm. on a long-term basis if you want to be successful. Because otherwise, uh, well, we're out of time. I don't want to take any more any more time. But otherwise, I'm it's tracking. just going to be pain. And it's going to be a feast or famine roller coaster of life that's not going to give you the lifestyle that you want if you're not willing to, and if you don't actively embrace that on a long term basis.
0: Well, here's the great thing about fractional sales leaders and marketing people you got the skills to do that, which is, uh, which is cool. That's why I think it's such a compelling. Um, opportunity for for those in the revenue space. So Ben, how can our listeners learn more and get more resources? Because uh, I think this is a topic that's going to be something we're talking about around revenue growth podcast for quite some time now.
1: Right. Well, for sure. I mean, I guess number one, you know, if you want to learn more about it, you could obviously read my book, Fractional Leadership: Landing Executive Talent You Thought Was Out of Reach. It's on Audible, hardcover, softcover, Kindle, whatever whatever you like. It's available on Amazon that way. And uh, check out my website, FractionalLeadership.io. It's a professional association for fractional leaders. We've got a lot of resources for fractional leaders there. So if you're thinking of pursuing that path, obviously you can consider joining the community and learn more about it there. And there's also a page there for business owners uh, that you can learn more about using fractional uh, executives, fractional leaders of one sort or another, uh, or also we can help refer people to you uh, if that is something you would like help with
0: fantastic. What an interesting conversation. Ben, thank you so much for sharing time with us today. This has been My awesome. Pleasure. Thanks. Awesome. Well, and thank you to everybody in the Revenue Growth Podcast audience. It's fantastic. Uh, just seeing this community of people that are dedicated to driving growth. If you are a sales leader or you know one, they want to be a part of the Breakthrough Sales Leaders Retreat. Coming October 20th, Dave Sanderson, Holly Dowling, Larry Levine, This is going to be just phenomenal. And it's uh, all packed into an action-packed day on October 20th, right in sunny Fort Worth, Texas. Go to BreakthroughSalesRetreat.com and you can learn all about how to get involved. We've got a great fall and winter of episodes coming up here on the Revenue Growth Podcast. So make sure to like or subscribe and do us a favor, share this uh, with your audience, share this with your friends who are in revenue growth whether it's sales whether it's marketing whether it's entrepreneurs and until next time as we always say let's get going and let's get growing would you like to get complimentary access to the revenue growth engine audiobook just text the word revenue to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com/book you'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.